Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to episode 225, as I'm reliably informed by Mark, of uh, Dude and a Monkey. That's the name of our podcast. Uh, my name is Ian Loring, <laughs> and as always, I am joined by... Mark Foster, hello everybody. And uh, we are here this week to discuss Darren Aronofsky's latest one. Um, yep, it, it's a one. Uh, it's It's Mother... Um, so we'll have a yeah. full spoiler review of Mother. Um, so for any first time listeners, if there are any, we're all spoilers all the time with our main reviews. So, um, y- yeah, I wouldn't want to be spoiled on Mother, I suppose. Um, also, we'll um, we'll do some of our usual stuff. We'll talk some what we watched. We'll do some trailers. There'll probably be some tangents at some point down the line. Um, how you doing, Mark? You all right? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. I am. I'm sat in my office, which I cleaned the carpet off uh, earlier today. Um, and so one of the things you have to do is you have to ventilate the room, so that the windows open. And now I've closed them, and I'm starting to think that I've closed them slightly prematurely because there is a there is a huff in here. I'll say. It, but the, the important question is: Is your laptop working now? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not at the moment. Um, essentially, mine hard drive has completely shit the bed oh, so i need to get a new hard drive and replace all of that i was going to record on isabel's laptop um however isabel's laptop uh, um is one of those laptop mini things uh, and only has a 10 gig hard drive so whenever i try and record anything or do anything on it it runs out of memory after about two minutes yeah sounds about right i mean i one thing about the living the apple life it's expensive but literally I am stood here in my lounge with a glass of red wine in my hand. Like my MacBook is on the table, just doing its thing, recording the show. I'm on my AirPods, just walking around, like recording the show using these, and I'm living the easy life. It's all good. Yeah, it's all good. It just yeah. it, it, uh-huh. it would cost you a grand. So that's it. Yeah, that that's 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 the thing. Um, the thing is, I as it stands, only need a laptop to basically do a few things. That's it. So the minute it can kind of like, I'm actually contemplating, looking to see if there's any way that I can just do all of the recording and everything off my iPad. (laughs) I I think you could. I think think you could. could. Like my touch wood, you know, I'm saying all this and the show won't record, but my recording software (laughs) on the Mac seems to be pretty reliable. So... I think we're good. The only show I've lost recently was that first episode of A Damn Games, which mm. uh, that was actually using a Windows laptop. So, um, yeah. Um, Apple, man. It's all about Apple. iPhone 8 Plus on Friday, baby. Oh, yes. Uh, and Apple TV. Fuck. Right. And Apple TV. And Apple, t- and Apple TV, yeah. It's a big day. <laughs> It is, yeah. A big day for your wallet. <laughs> well, you know, I sold some of my shares. So I had, I had about, I, I got given about 500 quid's worth of shares in my employer as a bo- as part of a bonus a few years back. And they're worth quite a bit more than they were then. Oh, nice. That's sweet. Like nice. the share price at that time was around about two pound. And that it's now about two pounds sixty, so you know, like twenty five, thirty percent more. That's def- thirty percent, isn't it? 
yeah, you know, it's, um, yeah, so sold some shares, get an Apple TV, fuck it, why not? Yes, nice. You know, so, yeah, you know, I've, I've been I've been doing a bit of shit on the markets as well. Con, I've been I've been investing in contracts for difference, which basically is like spread. It, it you give like companies money and they basically spread bet, but you put money on companies essentially, mm. and it's like I just put some stuff on Tesla, and then I um I did that and I made about I put in a hundred pound and I made about thirty quid in a few months. And I don't know. It was Tesla and Apple. And I don't yeah. know how it worked. But I just <laughs> withdrew it and they let me withdraw it. And it was like, right, okay, you're letting me draw out 130 quid, are you? Okay, all right, that's, that's fine. I, I'll take that. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I got a sign-up bonus, so I don't know if that was part of it or something. But, you know, it, yeah, no, it's all right, man. It's all right. Anyway, that was a bit of a tangent. Um, well, yeah, I, I've actually been, um, like I said, I did the week, I think, uh, I've actually been um, starting to sell off the my Blu-ray collection. How's um, that going? All right, yeah. Uh, I've sold 40 so far um, of them. Um, uh, and I think I've made about 160, 170 quid. That ain't bad. Like, so what, like £4 no, it, per Blu-ray? But about four pound on average per Blu-ray, and Sweet. bear in mind of that, only about five of them have been in the steel books. So, um, for instance, I got um, for from one guy for two steel books for the Point Break steel book, um, and which one did one it was he got off me? Uh, I think it was two then blacktop. Um, I got about thirty-five, forty quid for those. I actually got more for both of them. I got more than I paid. Fucking hell, I ain't too shabby. Yeah, so so I, I'm kind of quietly doing that. But it's kind of like it's one of those things where Beck's like, oh no, we'll, we'll just put them all on. We'll spend like a day putting them all on. It's like, really? It's like, well, maybe not all of them, but we'll do them like in batches of like a hundred. I was like, really? It's like, yeah. I said, okay. Can I just point out one slight flaw in that? Said, well, I said, do you want to be the guy who walks in uh, the post office with a hundred parcels to post? Like, oh, man, you just got to do it in stages, like like 10 at a time. Yeah. You know. Well, yeah, we've, done it, right. we've done it We've done it. We've done it. 30 at a time, and literally, I've worked out a system, is that if I go to the post office at 5 to 5, they literally just open the bag and let me throw them in. <laughs> there you go. That's a good strategy. I could put whatever the fucking way I wanted on that and they'd just let me do it. <laughs> is, is, is this for a, a 4K TV and an Apple TV? Like, tell me you're embracing. Come on, you've got to fucking open up oh, no, that I, shit. I'll be, I'll be, I was, I was in John Lewis the other day looking at TV going, yep, it's going to happen. Make, make it's going to sure, happen soon. Make sure it's got Dolby Vision, man. Make sure it's got Dolby Vision. There's an LG 49-inch... Dolby Vision 4K TV curries at the moment for about 600 quid. I've got a thing at work where I can get you some discount off of that if you, if you want me to hook you up. Like, fucking boom, there you go. Nice big 4K TV. you got your Dolby Vision. you got your HDR. You're fucking, fu- you're fucking future-proof. You're good. Well, that's it. Once I, once I do decide to, to, to bite the bullet and go for it, which might be a Christmas sort of gift for myself, um, it literally will be, Ian, I need to buy a 4K TV. Which one do I have 
Um, that, yeah, okay, good. Yeah, Spoo, come to me. The Apple TV is coming with Dolby Vision. I'm fucking pissed off that my TV doesn't have Dolby Vision. And I'm tempted, maybe with some bonus money next year, to jack in my TV. Even though I don't know how much I'll get for my one, but, you know, we'll see. And get a Dolby Vision one instead. Apple TV's using it. It's going to look fantastic. My fucking phone I'm getting on Friday is going to have Dolby Vision. Films are going to look better on my fucking phone than they are on my fucking TV. It's crazy, isn't it? It's a first world problem. What a fucking world we live in. It's a definition of a fucking first world problem. But <laughs> everyone's got to have their fucking but problems. Fuck it. That's it. That's it. Um, yeah. Your problems were relative, is what I would say. Oh, mate, can, you, can, can people tell this is the first time I've had a drink in a month? That, 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 I, 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 genuinely, that is that is impressive. I, I at the moment, I don't think I could go a couple of days without having a drink without without literally staring down the fucking abyss. <laughs> no, it's um, yeah. No, I mean it's uh, it's 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 been hard work, and I'm I'm generally planning on not drinking as much as I used to in the future. So it's um, yeah. But I've got a nice Cabernet Sauvignon, you know. It's a, a Wolf Blast yellow label. And I tell you what, they did a fucking yellow label. I think it was maybe 2011 that fucking went down like caramel. It was unlike any fucking yes. red wine I've ever drunk before. This is 2016. It's nice. It ain't fucking caramel. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, nice. I, I, I tend to avoid the red wine nowadays. Red wine sends me a bit fucking crazy. I think it's fucking sending me a bit fucking crazy if the first 10 minutes of this podcast has anything to do. Anyway, I'm hosting. Right. Okay. Um, you are. Right. What do we What do we think about Linda Hamilton coming back for Terminator? Do you Do you care? <laughs> That'll be right. a no. Two part Moving question on. then. <laughs> uh, one, one, um, yeah, why not? Do I care? Not really. It, 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 it's... Yeah, fair enough. Um, it, I, I'm more interested in the fact that it's in Miller directing it. I think that's quite an interesting shout. Mm-hmm. Um, and fuck it, it's, you know, at least it's interesting. It's an interesting piece of casting rather than just a, a bit of casting that makes you go, yeah. Which, let's be honest, fucking Jai Courtney. Yeah. Amelia Clark. Yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Well, obviously. It all felt a little bit like, you know, yeah. This one at least makes you go, ooh, okay, fair enough. But do I care? Do I? Will it actually happen? Is what I will say. I, I, that's one of those I won't believe until it actually exists. Now it's happening, man. They've got distribution. Paramount's doing it in the US. Fox is doing it internationally. You know, Cameron seems to want to do anything to not have to direct the Avatar films. So, well, you know. that was our films that the only seems to keep on saying is saying, oh, yeah, there's going to be there's going to be three, four sequels. It's like, cool. Are you, gonna, are you actually going to make them? Yeah, yeah, there's going to be five sequels. Nine sequels there's going oh, to be. Yeah. Nine sequels. It's going to be so immersive. And there's going to be 14 sequels. Because I, I just, I've written another five in my head. There's 20 sequels coming. Yeah. Yeah. No how, one gives a shit. How many sequels are coming, James? 37. <laughs> 37 <laughs> there's 37 avatars coming they're all going to be 20 minutes long yeah and now there's nine prequels as well 
yeah, I don't know. Not... I mean, it's the thing is, if they're bringing Linda Hamilton back, they're essentially going to be retconning everything after two. Yes. Uh, which I admire, even though I didn't hate Genesis. Um, I, didn't, I didn't hate Genesis. I thought I, it, it was entertaining enough. Unless they bring her back as a Terminator. Oh, fuck me! Fuck me! Well, you might well have the you might have the golden ticket. There. I mean, we'll see. It's early days. It won't be out for a couple of years at least. So we'll see how it goes. But I'm I'm glad Tim Miller's rebounded. Fucking getting like basically kicked off Deadpool 2 and, you know, teaming up with James Cameron instead. You know, that's not a bad fucking substitute gig. No, it, 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 it's not. And, you know, Deadpool, yes, it was very much a driving force behind Ryan Reynolds, but that film has got some, you know, there's 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 definitely the fingerprint of a director on there without question. He made, he, he made that fucking film with like a $55 million budget. Like, that's in, that's that's impressive. It is, yeah, and it's... It, it, I think we both commented when we, when we watched the film that it it looks like its budget hampered it at some points. Um, but still, there's there's a timing of that film that works superbly, which has to be attributed to a director and editors, I suppose, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. But I thought that was, uh, I thought that was worth a shout. Um, okay, trailers. Um Alicia Vikander is Lara Croft and it kind of looks like it's sticking quite close to the recent games, which yes. is an interesting choice. Like literally there are major plot points from that, but that reboot from like 2013 or whatever it was that are in this, except that, that game was criticized for not having a lot of tomb raiding. And it seems like the climax of this fucking film is basically getting to some sort of tomb and then going through the tomb. And I'm down for that. Yeah. I'm a little worried about Alicia Vikander because it's like, right, you're doing posh British accent. Cool. Are you going to be as cold as a fucking dead fish? I'm a little bit concerned about that. She's got the physicality. I'm a little concerned as to whether she's got the charisma. I will point you in yes, please the, do. Point me. in the way of the man from Uncle. Fuck me. When you're right, you're right, and you are right, Mark. Because absolutely she is charismatic as fuck in that she film. She is. Oh, she's great when she's got those fucking sunglasses on and she's and doing dancing. all that shit. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it, it's not just shout. that's not just a she looks hot right. dancing in just a shirt. There's, there's, nah, a, there's, man, a, definite, there's a definite charisma and a charm to that where she yeah. starts doing it and you just go, that's all right, yeah. There's, yeah. there's more to you than just being pretty. No, you which, are correct. Which, which, isn't, uh, which isn't anything that you could um, shout misogyny at or anything like that because you could say the same thing about a lot of guys and say there's more to the guy than just being jacked. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, no quite. Um I mean, what do you think of the trailer? I thought it was really good. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, it's uh, it, it looks very much like the games. Yeah, um, so I'm all for it. Yeah, yeah, very good, very good. Um, okay, um, 
what else have you seen this week? I don't know why I just stormed in with uh, Team Radio there, but yeah, what else did you see, man? It was it was the big trailer of the week, wasn't it? I suppose, yeah. Um, the Meyerowitz Stories trailer, a uh, new No Boundback film that obviously stars Ben Stiller. Um, Netflix film, but also says and in selected theaters uh, in the states as well. Uh, so yeah, that's the like, thing like, they're doing. One in New York and one in LA, so it qualifies for Oscars. That's going exactly, to be exactly, yeah. That, that's it, and that's because there's a little bit of buzz, I think, around um, Sandler for that, isn't there? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I tend to not get on uh, with No Bound Back movies, um, but I tend to like the trailers. <laughs> so I like the trailer, and then I watch the film, and about 25 minutes, half an hour into it, I remember and go, oh, God, yeah, I don't like these films, do I? <laughs> Um, so I will watch it. I genuinely hope I like it. Um, so yeah, cool. I'll I'll watch it on Netflix in like three weeks' time. Is that is that how soon it's on? It's oh, yeah. like October thirteenth in my head. So yeah, I mean that's that's the thing with like trailers for Netflix films and stuff. It's like I almost don't see the point in watching the trailers because it's like it's on Netflix. I'll just watch it. Yeah. You know, it's like it's really, really, really easy for you to watch a Netflix film. It's easier for you to watch a Netflix film than pretty much any other fucking. It is easier for me to watch a Netflix film than a film on film four because we don't have live TV. So actually, how the fuck would I watch a film on film four? Uh, I don't think I could. No, I don't think you could. I don't think I could. You don't have live TV. Nah, man, we haven't had live TV for getting on two years. All right. Nothing of Virgin. Yeah, just for um, uh, uh, phone and broadband. All right. Ah, uh, uh, fair enough. Um, yeah, no, no, no. It's um, yeah, no, it's fine. I mean, a uh, combination of Netflix, um, like four on demand, uh, BBC yeah, player. With the exception of football, I never watch live TV, so yeah, it won't, it won't bother me. <laughs> Mm, yeah no so uh yeah there you go i mean that that's on fucking netflix that i noticed as well um that that one from the the person who did a girl walks home alone at night uh the bad batch the fucking cannibal film with keanu reeves and jim carrey um that's like apparently straight to netflix in the uk on friday and it's like yeah right okay fair enough in interesting i don't know it's Netflix, it just, it's how the fuck do you just pass all the content that's on Netflix these days? It's fucking impossible. Yeah. Like, they need, they need a, like, Netflix original films added in the last month category. (laughs) Yeah. It is, and it is, it is insane, but I do think they've got to keep an eye on quality, though. Oh, I agree with that. It just, it, there's so much stuff. I mean, like that fucking Angelina Jolie directed one, First They Killed My Father. That came out on Netflix last Friday. And it's no one like, even noticed. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah, that's it. it. It's, no one noticed. No one's talking about it. No, they Angelina that, 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 Jolie that, that, that's directed weird. the film. And that, no that's one's weird. talking How- about it. Yeah, how, how how quickly that woman's star fucking fell is insane. Well, yeah, I mean, like, she's directed three films and no one talks about any of them. No. It is, it's like, 
it's like if she was in an interview for the next film that she's making where she's going to be in it and said, oh, you know, working as a director, you wouldn't blame the interviewer to go, oh, you've directed, you're directing a movie. And she's like, I've directed four movies. They're like, oh. I mean, apparently part of the yeah. is very, very good. Mm. You know, um, unbroken, people seem to get on with that. But yeah, just no one, just no one seems to give a shit. Nope. Which is, you know, a little bit harsh, but... She's a, dev- a divisive person, I would say. Yeah, quite, quite. Um, yeah, so... Um, anything else? Uh, the other one I saw was the, was, was Cook Off. Um, oh, have, you, have you seen the trailer for this? Yeah, so there's a bit of a story behind this as well, isn't there? Like, it literally has sat on a shelf for over a decade. Has it? Apparently, yeah. Ah, that makes sense. It makes so much sense. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if if, if actually the, uh, Melissa McCarthy came out and said, yeah, it's not me. It's not me. I didn't do it. And that's somebody pretending to be me. It looks fucking awful. Yeah, um, anti laughter. And yes. it looks shit as well. Like it yeah. looks like it's like really early digital cinema stuff, or at least like I don't know if they're trying to make it look dated or something. I don't know, but it, it look it looks horrific. That poster yeah, it, as well. It does look terrible. Fuck. Fuck. So yeah, there's that. Yeah, uh, that beyond that, nothing from me. I'm afraid. No, and uh, that's it for me as well. So. Um, Let's let's talk about a film by the name of Mother. Mother is directed by Darren Aronofsky, or Darrenofsky, uh, which I, I quite like. Darren Darrenofsky. Um, <laughs> uh, so Jennifer Lawrence, Javier Bardem, Ed Harris, Michelle Pfeiffer, Stephen McCarthy, Kristen Wiig, for some reason, um, because she rocked up on set one day and said, "Can I be in this?" Um, so mother story is Jennifer Lawrence is mother. Uh, she lives with him, capital H, uh, in a house and she's creating the house. Um, after it burned down, she's kind of recreating it, um, in his image, in, in him's capital H's image. Well, image of what it used to look like. Some people come knocking, Ed Harris, and then the following day, Michelle Pfeiffer, and they kind of inveigle their way into Bardem and Lawrence's life. Bardem's pretty welcoming. Lawrence is like, who the fuck are these people? Which is a perfectly good, clear reaction to have. And then shit gets weird. Um, Mark, I, on Friday night, and it's been a long time coming, um, that you were going to fucking hate Mother after I watched it. Yeah, you did, didn't you? Yes, I did. Yeah. I'm fully, fully expecting you to have fucking hated it. Um, I'm going to be genuinely surprised if you didn't, because I think this is... I literally was having a DM conversation with Dan Orty on Twitter today saying how much I was looking forward to recording this podcast because I knew that film was going to make your fucking tea fitch. Don't disappoint me, Mark. What did you think of Mother? Can I just ask why you thought I'd hate it? Because it's 
All right. So yeah, it's kind of giving an inkling into my own thoughts about it. Um, I give it points for ambition, but I also think it's essentially almost like um, a film student who's really, really high on his own supply um, somehow getting a, a studio to finance a film getting Jennifer Lawrence to star in it and uh, like all this supporting cast to turn up as well and basically be a bunch of symbolism. And it's not a comment on your like intelligence or anything like that. Believe me, it just, it's all this fucking philosophical stuff on the screen, slightly wanking off about how clever am I for two hours and then ending. Go on, tell me it's your film of the year. Go on. No, it's not. Yeah, okay. No, it is not my film of the year. Um, it, it, it Literally, this is this is two hours of, of Darren Aronofsky sitting you down and doing what Darren Aronofsky does and going, right, you might not get this, everybody, because... <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm going for symbolism here and I'm quite smart, but it's okay if you don't get it. <laughs> At some point, I'm going to explain it to you just a little bit. I'll, I'll, I'll help you along the way. And then he goes, oh, there's something shocking because, you know, that's what I do. And then, it's okay if you don't get this bit. I'll explain it a little bit later on, later on. A shocking thing! And then, mm. it's okay. It's okay, everybody. I'll, I'll explain it a little bit, but I, I don't want to explain too much because, it, you know, if I have to explain too much, then you, you're just not smart enough for this movie. Like, like I clearly am because I'm making this movie for you. And then there's something shocking here. And then, okay, are, you, are you okay? Are you, are you okay? Are you okay? Bright, bright light and finish. It is <laughs> sixth form fucking common room theology <laughs> of the fucking highest order. He is the guy in the common room, talking to talking to the girl, the, the, the hottest fucking girl in school, and going on about how deep he is and all of this and talking about stuff and just talking about how much it pains him and everything like that, whilst in his other hand, shaking for another girl to run and get him another fucking whatever the fuck lemongrass bullshit is that he's drinking to try and impress everybody, despite the fact that he doesn't fucking like it. And he's all doing it all of that so that people think that he's really smart and all of that is just so that Jennifer Lawrence will blow him. That is all it fucking is. It is... I don't understand how this film hasn't been accused of just outright fucking egotistical misogyny um, because it is painfully misogynist at points. All Jennifer Lawrence does is look worried and following around like a lost fucking puppy. Spare point. Um, and and then it turns out, all spoilers all the time, all she actually needed was a good fuck and someone to put a baby in her. I just I, I don't understand it. How somebody, right? Because it, it, it's, there's some nice imagery, but is there actually some nice imagery? Actually, now I can think of it. It builds, it builds, it builds. And you're going, right, will you fucking do something now? Will you just fucking Rosemary's baby it? Will Michelle Pfeiffer and Ed Harris just come out and cut this fucking baby out of you so I can get on with it? No, you're going to have the fine. That's that's cool. All right, 
okay, that happened. Oh my god, this house has descended into these, you know, the different seven circles of hell. Oh god, do you know what? Oh. If you're going for fucking Kafka, at least make it a little bit better. Don't try and meld Kafka with fucking Dante's Inferno. Because A, films have done it better. Much better. More recently, I've done it better. Fucking hell. There was better imagery in Inferno than Mother. And that was written by Dan Brown. Um the best character in the entire film disappears and doesn't come back and you're thinking for the rest of the film just going where's yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer yeah where's Michelle Pfeiffer yeah it's it it right I'll let I promise I'll let you talk in a minute they, no it's okay man don't. right Jennifer Lawrence like the studio have released a statement Jennifer Lawrence has essentially released a statement and Darren Aronofsky has released a statement right if you're going to make this type of film and you're going to have, as a studio, as a director, and as an actress, because for Jennifer Lawrence, it's a very committed performance. Committed is as far as I'll go. <laughs> uh, and I think Jennifer Lawrence is a fantastic actress, by the way. Um, and from Aaron, Aronofsky, I don't, I, 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 the thing is with Aronofsky is it's a little bit like... A, a footballer that gets to 28 years old and people go, people keep going, oh, yeah, you know, well, he is young. It's like, no, he's fucking not. It's a little bit like that. It's, oh, the fountain, it was flawed. Oh, but he had, it, had, it had ambition. Oh, no, it was flawed, but it had ambition. Oh, mother, it's flawed, but it had ambition. It's like, right, but the ambition occasionally has to fucking make sense. And if you have to have a studio, your lead and your director come out and, basically explain the fucking theology and the whole fucking metaphor of the film then you're not it's it's just not fucking working it's they've not reacted well to not getting universal fucking praise and the fact that it's 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 bombed financially whereas they're looking at it and going hang on a minute that's making so much more money why is that making so much more money than this this is a smarter film it's a more ambitious film it's a better looking film look we've got jennifer lawrence and javier bardem they've won they've won oscars what why why are people going to see this and it, it you know there's a lot of reasons for it but one of them is it's a better fucking film yeah anyway no, it, it, it is and it's just i just the other point of it is, if they release a statement explaining what's going on, Darnowski literally walks you fucking through it, what's going on in it. And Bex was reading it to me yesterday before I read it, and I got, I got about like a third of the way through it and said, right, stop now, because you're literally giving away the movie. And she's like, oh, yeah, fair point. And then I got about an hour into it and thought, this isn't subtle. This is a fucking sledgehammer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It is. Now that might, but now the thing is, I thought, well, that that might be absolutely intentional. It has to be intentional. But then again, why would you make a statement saying what it was if it wasn't intentional? That it was obvious that that's what it was. It just seems like he's he's mind vomited everywhere and can't can't comprehend the fact that some people have gone. And some people like it, and some people are getting on with it. That's fine. 
but it's it's a little bit like he just he can't get his head around why 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 people don't like why for instance I didn't like it and I got the feel, I have the feeling whereas if I was sat in front of him and saying like that his response would be you just don't get it it's like no no I get it you can still get you can get something and still think it's wankery of the highest order yeah yeah no quite I mean it's I I think mind vomit is um a really really good phrase for this actually um i i mean i'll, I'll i will say i will say and i'm gonna ju- i'm gonna try and justify this uh, for me it is mildly definitely not shit and yeah very very it, it's close to touching cloth it's close to touching cloth okay now the thing with it and sorry i'm just um putting something in the oven um the thing with it for me is that I do admire what he was putting out. I, 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 the fact that he was putting out what he was putting out. It's, it is a grand idea what he's, what he's doing here, and the fact that he actually got the film made is fucking somehow, you know. The fact is, this is the kind of thing that's basically going to scare a studio off from doing anything, even approaching anything like this for fucking years and Aronofsky is going to have to do some sort of one for them actually probably free for them before uh, between Noah and this before he's allowed to do anything of his own kind of volition again unless it's like with Netflix or something now say uh, which he wouldn't do no which he yeah quite now the thing is in the moment in the moment I was I was in like I was engaged. I think that the everything pre Harris and Pfeiffer exiting the picture is pretty great. It it's taut, it's claustrophobic, it's nerve wracking, it's surreal, but it's not smacking you over the head saying, Look how smart I am. It's dialogue, it's inter it's little interactions, it's facial tics. And then by the end, it's everything blaring. It's essentially a baby being fucking killed for shock value, yeah. um, which I am stunned he's not getting criticised for that more. I am fucking stunned he is not getting criticised for that more. Um, yeah, it, he's... It, 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 <laughs> It, it, it's 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 film snobbery using it. What is it? It, it to, to, to the to the wrong end. No, I mean that's. It's, I mean like he's. Th- there are people so highly tuned to racial things or sexist things, mm. but exploitative baby murder or manslaughter. You know, okay, it doesn't happen in enough. It doesn't happen in nearly as many films as racism happens. You know, fair, fair or whitewashing, fair play, it doesn't. But and I, I do wonder how much of film Twitter is actually a parent, frankly. Yeah, uh, that's a fair point. You know, uh, yeah. So th- this is th- this is the thing. It it got. I, I, it genuinely made my stomach turn for a solid minute or two 
But it was basically because it was Aronofsky going, right, here's the, the culmination of this. Here's the ultimate shock value. And it's something that I would expect a director of less talent than him to do. Um, and I understand it's supposed to be symbolizing things. I do. But again, sledgehammer, like you say, absolute mm. fucking sledgehammer. And by the end of the film, it was like, well, that was a that was an experience. And then I walked out the cinema into the car and I was like, I genuinely don't know what to make of that, which is a reaction that many people have had. And by the car ride home, I hated it. And then the morning after, I felt a little more settled on the first part is great. The second part is visceral, but fucking bobbins. But I really liked what they were putting out there in the first half. And that's where I'm at with it. So I literally have seen several people say there's no way you can say three stars for this film there's no way it's either one star or five star you know what three stars (laughs) i genuinely i and i'm not saying that to be contrarian no because see the thing is i i could absolutely see why i i I don't see this as a split people down the middle film I, I, i just don't i could see why somebody could go do you know what it was all right i i could absolutely see that because i i don't I don't think there's enough there to, to to split people. I just didn't like it. Don't be wrong. There's all right bits in it. I think, like I said, Jennifer Lawrence's performance is committed. I don't Pfeiffer think... Pfeiffer fucking kills it. She's amazing. Pfeiffer's fantastic um, in it. And, you know, it's it's doing what Michelle Pfeiffer does, does best. Um, looking striking. Um, and shooting fantastic glances, you know, it, it, she, it, she does that, and, and she's she's intimidating. She's the intimidating part of it. The rest of it's not intimidating. It's it's, it's the most spot. It's just on Pfeiffer. It's the most spot on passive aggressive performance. It's it's fucking incredible. Like every single thing she's doing is calculated in a certain way. But you believe that character is doing that, not Pfeiffer. She is, I think she's, fuck, like, it, it won't get any Oscar nominations, this film. I I would be I would be comfortable with her having the Best Supporting Actress nomination all the fucking way. If she'd had a little bit more screen time, I could agree with you. But she's, she's vastly underused. Fuck, man. Judy Dench was on screen for fucking, like, eight minutes in Shakespeare in Love and won the fucking thing. I know. You know what I mean? Which, which, which we all know should never have fucking happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's... It, she's underused. It's... Mm-hmm. Aronofsky is... It, Aronofsky, Aronofsky it very much thinks that he's the star of all of his movies... Um, and he's almost using Jennifer Lawrence as his, basically saying, look, this is my current muse. Look what I, I'm going to put her in because you're going to see everything from her point of view. Actually, no, wait a minute. I don't everything to see from her, her point of view. I want everyone to see things from my point of view and her reacting to it. And it's it's, it's like that. And I'm just going to, the camera's always going to be around whether what she's just behind her, directly on her and everything like that. And it just, it, it it's kind of like, 
it, it would have been first person, that would have been more interesting. But it's not. It, it's just... It, it felt like there was... It just didn't feel like... But then, like I say, once, once Pfeiffer fucking disappears, it, it just becomes a little bit boring. And, and Bardem's not very good, really, in it. He's not bad in it. He's just a little bit... He don't do out. No. You know when no. people say... But when people say, for instance... Constantly, and, it, it, and it's it's not a um, it's not a wrong criticism to have. So, for instance, it was a perfectly valid criticism of, and even um, the director has acknowledged it that Brie Larson was just underused in um, Skull Island. Mm. That it was just you know she was just kind of there. Well, Bardem's a little bit like that. He's just kind of there. Um, and you know, it's the whole thing is he's the he's the poet for a start off. Why call him him when he constantly gets referred to as being the poet? Oh, because he's supposed to be God, isn't he? So but it's, it's like wankery. It's more wankery. Well, yeah, Do you know what? Wankery, but I'm just telling you but why it is. That that's it. But hang on a minute. Didn't didn't Lars von Trier already do that? With what's it? Um, Antichrist. Antichrist, yeah. Well, it was her and him, wasn't it? Though? Her and him, yeah. It's a little bit... Get your fucking arm thing. Just call him the poet. Call him the prophet. But him is just a little bit... It's just fucking more fucking six-form common room bullshit. And, yeah, Donald Gleeson's, I thought, was pretty good when he comes into it. For like but Donald Gleeson's... <laughs> Donald Gleeson, it literally is like he walked by set and went... Like, he just he just walks around just movie sets just going what's going on there he, making a movie yeah. got in it like, uh, well it's like Brendan Brendan yeah. Gleeson was like take your kid to work day and he's yeah. just had a fucking walk around the studio lot because that, that's what he does and no wrong Donald Gleeson is usually one of the best things he's usually one of the best things in everything he's in mm. you know and I like the fact that he's just He's quietly just really built up. What is it? And you go back and look over his CV, and it's it's a lot of really interesting shit. But I want him more of his character because he seemed to get what was going on, but then he just disappears. Mm. And then it just it's again I come back to it. It just feels a little bit like underdeveloped mind vomit. And you know it's cost the studio thirty million, and then now having to defend it and say well, we believe in his vision. It's like fine. But was his vision ever fully conceived? Well, I mean, it doesn't that, seem like it. Well, this is the thing. Like the thing that I like, I as I said last week, I fucking adore Black Swan. And the thing with that is that it's single-minded. It's a single character. Her descent into madness. That's Which, what that film is about. That's, exactly. And, and the, the thing is, there is. I, I say, I, I wish I got on with Black Swan. I really do. And the reason why is because with that, I can see the fully formed idea. It is absolutely fully formed, that film. Um, Noah is a little bit... It, it, it's not... I, I don't think I, Noah is the film that Aaron Orosky wanted to make. Noah I think is it, a great character study of a fucking dickhead. Yeah, and it is. And that's what I like about Noah. It is, but that movie should have been a 15 and had more... I had more. He should. That that's the movie that Baby should got killed in. There you go. Um, but here, I, I just 
I don't feel like I don't feel I feel like the movie either got away from him or if if that was his idea and that was the exact thing that he wanted to do, then it's just a little bit it's really fucking messy. The last half, the last but yeah, the last half, the second act and the third act are all over the place. And for such a a composed first half, our first um, act to then descend into something that feels that the, the the final act doesn't feel like it's connected to the first act. No, it doesn't. It doesn't in the fucking slightest. It, it's, yeah, yeah. And it's, no, that that's the real problem. And and therefore, there's that, and it is. It's it's like he has. I can see what he's done. He's trying to go full tilt. The problem is, it's a little bit boring. Full tilt. You know, you've got it goes from people. You know, you've got them coming there just to see him and everything like that. To then you've got SWAT teams going in, and the house feels like it's seventeen stories and so much wider, and all of this going on, and it just it goes too fucking quickly to to that that it just feels a little bit all over the place, and like it just it couldn't get a handle on it. He and I remember years ago when I believe it was. I think it was Django. I think it was when Django Unchained came out. Um, it was something Kermode said about it. It may have even been in Glorious Bastards, but it, he said that it, it, it feels that sometimes it'd be nice if it, I think it was in Glorious Bastards, if Tarantino had a producer working with him that could go just maybe calm down a minute and have a think. And I'm not saying I agree with him on that. But it does seem a little bit like Aronofsky needs to have somebody there to, for him to go, ah, hang on a minute, it, it's cool, let's be doing anything like that. But this could maybe do with just tightening up or tidying up or something else. It just it doesn't it doesn't feel like a director in control of what he's doing. Um I mean, I think he's in control. It's just whether he's in control of what his fucking mind is doing. Well, yeah, I, that, I, maybe, I maybe, maybe, maybe that's maybe that's what I mean. You know, maybe that's what I mean. It, it, is in is in that sense there? As in, it's, it's a problem I've always had with Darren Aronofsky. Darren Aronofsky is Darren Aronofsky is a very smart guy. It's clear he's a very smart guy. The problem is, I think, with Aronofsky is he wants you to think that he's a very smart guy. And he there has never been a room that Darren Aronofsky has walked into where he hasn't, the minute he's walked in, looked around here and gone, well, I'm the smartest person here. And then sat down and proceeded to try and tell everybody that he's the smartest one there. I don't know. I mean, I, I, may, I, I would maybe disagree with that. I mean, it, it, it's... I, I, I think a lot of his work says that, but I would just, I would like him to maybe do something else like The Wrestler again. Just. Yeah, which is a film that I'm really small. He's focused on character. You know, and I mean, if you want to do your your flashy fucking hip hop editing and stuff like that, like you did for Wet Grim and Pie, then great. But you do well with single characters personal themes and maybe they link to wider things but just not keep it simple stupid but i suppose aronofsky's version of keep it simple stupid 
Yeah, and I, I, that's it. Because, like I said, I, I got on. I, I weirdly, I actually really enjoy the fountain. I think it's complete bollocks, but I enjoy it. And mm. I have my. <laughs> I'm going to contradict myself. I admire it. it. It's ambition there. Um, and I might have admired the ambition in Mother if he hadn't descended into just outright shock. Sorry, Mark. Hey, hey, babe, you're right. Um, no, this thing is this. Like we were saying, there's good bits in the opening bit, and I think, like I said, that Jennifer Lawrence's performance is is very committed. I think at points, I don't think it's fantastic. I think Aronofsky gets good, solid performances out of people, so he is a director who I think gives is is actors sort of room to kind of breathe within it. Which for somebody who is so wrapped up in his autoral tendencies, that it's quite. You know, it's quite a good thing, but just uh, I think I just I, I struggle with him when he gets too personal with films. I would suppose. Yeah. Okay. No. No. no I mean, I think that's a fair shout. It's um, I, I don't know. I mean, the reaction to it's been really interesting because it kind of feels like it was getting some like raves at first, and as soon as it came out, then they just seem to immediately stop. Um, and I know like people are fucking defending this thing to the hill and. Even though I wonder if those same people would be saying quite that in six months' time. Like it, it, it's a film that I kind of think will be conveniently forgotten when it comes to end of year. Yeah, I, I, I thought that um, about this and thought this is one of those films where in a few years' time somebody's going to speak to Jennifer Lawrence about it in five or six years' time and she's going to go, do you know what? I, I'm glad I made it, and, and you know, and it was the, the ambition was there. It was a passion project for Darren, and you know, like that. But yeah, maybe it just didn't quite all work out. And I think that people will, and everyone will start to go, "All right, it was a little bit," you know, there'll there'll be a little bit of retroactive people climbing down. I think rather than climbing up that you sometimes get. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see what he does next. But like I say, I mean, it's a it it, it it's a pretty mild, definitely not shit. But I, the thing is, I agree with pretty much everything you were saying. But it was just in the moment, it had me. Which which if a movie which gets like that, thing. which we absolutely counts something. Absolutely, you know, it, it's it's sometimes you can you've got to go with, with what you, what actually happens while you're watching rather than mm-hmm. having your opinion purely formed about things as it sort of settles or anything like that, because there's, there is that. Um, it's, it's always strange. It's, I, I'd describe this as one of the dumbest smart movies I've seen. <laughs> um, and then you get, and, and that's the, it is, it's okay to have a dumb, smart movie, but it's kind of not okay to have a smart, dumb movie, if that makes sense. Sure. You know, it's, yeah, it always baffles me on that. Um, what I will say is our um, poll, um, yes. definitely not shit, 47%. Uh, touching cloth, 24%. And shit, 29%. So people liked it more than didn't like it but still a more a closer split than i i kind of expected on that and, and, and i believe dan actually voted properly 
With this yes, he well. did. He did. Don't know what he voted, but he did vote properly in this. So, um, mm. yeah. We do actually have a question that is directly related to Mother. So, do you want to okay. that now rather than at the end of the show? Yeah, very uh, nice. It's from uh, Ian Dickey, uh, at Dickey Ian, um, mm-hmm. on Twitter. Uh, and he says, should filmmakers explain what their film was about, like Mother, or leave it for us to work out like Lynch? I don't really care. Um, if... I suppose, I, mean, I suppose it depends to what extent. I mean, if it's like in terms of metaphor and that kind of stuff, you don't necessarily have to. If it, but I was about to say, if it's in terms of narrative, then I would prefer that. But actually, do you know, do you know what? If Lynch actually said what he was going for with that last episode of Twin Peaks, I think I, I, I would have appreciated it. So maybe I just want, things spelled out for me and but at the same time i'm i'm cool if they if they don't and i'm cool if they do i think that's where i'm at i'm very much of the case of i don't want david lynch to ever explain his fucking movies because because half the time i think he'd just be making it up to be honest um there is that yeah i i think there's there's a point where some some directors uh, artists or whatever have ideas and they're just ideas they don't have to mean something and if you get a meaning out of it that's fine if you're doing something that's supposed to mean something and you're going for metaphor right then you can explain it you can but you've got to be very careful and I think the way the mother did it was a little bit like it was reactionary. It was reactionary to people's criticisms of it. Rather than people wanting to know what it meant, it was telling people what it meant because you think that they didn't understand it, which is which is very different. It's it's rather than explaining what's happened, it's almost kind of justifying yourself. Um, which I thought was a little bit uh, very, very strange. I think it's a very strange thing to do. Um, I, personally, I'd prefer to not not know, really. If you have to explain something, then doesn't it lose all its meaning? It, 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 it's, it's, it's like somebody telling you a joke and you're going, <laughs> yeah, and then going, you only have to a little bit there. Yeah, do you not get it? No, I got it. It's because it, it, it's because the chicken had to get to the other side. I get it. The chicken had to get to the other side. It's mildly funny. It doesn't mean But it's because he needs to get... I get it. Fucking chicken. Other side of the road. It's a little bit like that for me. Yeah. No, no, I mean, I, I don't know. I think there's levels, to be fair. Yeah, there um, is. Absolutely, there, there is. There is. Um, if I had to choose it, I'd, I'd prefer not to. I, I like listening to directors' commentaries. However, I will say that. So again, I'm contradicting myself. Very good. Um, okay, so let's get into some uh, what else we've been watching. And Mark, why don't you kick us off? Um, yeah, cool. Um, uh, what I will say is I um, once I've got my recording um, situation sort of sorted out, which hopefully should be the next couple of days, uh, I'll have a, a, new pod, a new Patreon podcast um, that I'll be putting out there called um, Can You Hack It? Uh, a, a journey through the films of Gene Hackman. So the first episode of that uh, will contain uh, my reviews of Heist and The Chamber, 
uh, which uh, they'll they'll be out there. That should be out there hopefully by the weekend. Uh, there's another couple of ones I've got in the pipeline for that. Uh, what have I watched this week? Uh, I watched uh, the film Mercury Rising for some reason because <laughs> it, it kept on cropping up in every oh, single Netflix. Like, fucking Netflix list. And I was like, fine, I'll watch it. <laughs> I almost watched that the other day. Right, straight up. I almost watched that the other day. That would have been weird. It's Bruce Willis when he gave a shit. Kind of. Um, And it's um, Alec Baldwin. It's Alec Baldwin. So when he absolutely didn't give a shit. It was in that period where where he gave a shit and he stopped giving a shit and he kind of gave a shit again for a little bit and now he stopped giving a shit again. Um, Yeah, it's... uh, um, it's weird because it's it's have you ever seen Mercury Rising? No. Right. What happens is there's a um Bruce Willis plays an an FBI, an undercover FBI agent, um, who essentially gets bumped down for punching his boss for blowing a, an assignment that he was on. Um and they said that he got he, he the reason why they blew it is because he got too deep. So he gets bumped down. Um, and so essentially just listening to chat tips while he's doing that um, Alec Baldwin is playing like the Secretary of Defence I believe he is in this um, and they've just essentially done like a new um, code system called Mercury uh, that the NSA have um, developed a couple of the NSA agents as a, a kind of tester or a joke almost for it put it in the back of a puzzles magazine um this code essentially and put the number of their offices in the in this puzzles magazine to kind of give give it a one final test thinking that nobody would ever crack it and be able to go but then a nine-year-old autistic boy heavily autistic boy um, he's given the puzzle book and then he just rings the number doesn't know what he's doing he just rings the number so this kid essentially has cracked this code that in 1998 cost billions to develop. And so Alec Baldwin isn't happy about it. So he wants the boy killed, essentially. Right. Um, and so Bruce Willis, by accident, ends up taking care of the boy and gets embroiled in this whole conspiracy where he's accused of killing his parents, uh, of the boy's parents, and he's kidnapped him, and Alec Baldwin's in charge of getting him back and all that, and it's all sort of bouncing around. And it is, it's one of those kind of like action thrillers that you've got around this sort of this time. Um, it's strange in the fact that... It, You'll get people often will say, you know, movies like this don't get made anymore. This movie could not be made now because our understanding of autism is so much higher than it was then, mm. is what I will say. Uh, so there's no way you could make this movie now. This movie also, it doesn't come across fantastically now. Um, now that the, the autistic spectrum has been kind of more publicised and has been explored a lot wider. But this is a 20-year-old movie, so you've kind of got to give it a little bit of... A little quite a lot of leeway and say, well, hang on a minute, it's actually shining light on an issue, um, and it's it's dealing with it in quite a well thought out way for 1998. Uh, Bruce Willis is is, is good. Uh, Baldwin's not in it anywhere near enough. 
the kid is good, but if you if you have a little bit of a tin ear for kids screaming, like I do, really bad, um, then it, it might grate on you a little bit. Okay, fair enough. But it's it, it's a solid watch, but it's it's a little bit too long. You know, it's pushing two hours is what I'll say. So it is a little bit too long. Mm. Okay. Um, other thing I watched uh, again, I think it because it was on Netflix I don't remember it was a prime I rewatched Interview with the Vampire because I've not seen it in a fucking long time nice. um, so I decided to give that a, a, a rewatch because part of it I thought I wonder how horribly this film has aged because um, I remember quite enjoying it when, it when it came out kind of 20 odd years ago um, and you know what it's not actually aged that bad mm-hmm. it's you know it's still it's weird seeing Brad Pitt look that young. Mm. Um, it's weird seeing Tom Cruise in that kind of role, but it kind of almost feels like a role that he, he'd kind of like to do now. Because at the time he was, you know, he was a huge star and Brad Pitt was, the, was an up-and-coming star. You know, and it was kind of like... It, Cruz very much heavily pursued doing Interview with the Vampire because he wanted to do it to kind of to prove that he wasn't just Tom Cruise action star um, and so there is that and Cruise is actually he's, he's very good in it and, and Pitt's solid and Christian is good and Kirsten Dunst is good when she turns up and it's it's weird because this is the type of movie that you, that you very rarely see anymore. A very, um, a, a thoroughly 18 rated movie, um, which is quite strange because we've just reviewed mother. Um, and I think you could almost put these into very similar kind of categories, to be honest. Um, you know, you have, um, Neil Jordan, who I think was very much hot off, uh, the heels of the crying game, which, was a runaway hit, um, you know, for its its budget, um, coming out and, and making this and bring Stephen Ray along with him, who's very good in this, the brief sort of cameo he, he has. Um, but it's it, 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 it's just over two hours, but it ticks along at a nice pace. It's got an epic grand feel to it. Um, it's it gets across its points quite well, and it you know it, the source material is is often derived as not being fantastic and been a little bit fetishized. But it's it's a it's an entertaining watch to be honest. Okay, very good, very good. Uh, and the the final one I've got to talk about is I kind of watched it as a. Do you know what? I've I've I've, I've, I've hovered over it a lot, and fuck it, I'm going to give it a go. Adult World, the um, Scott Coffrey, um, Emma Roberts, Evan Peters, and John Cusack film. No fucking idea what this is. Have you right? Uh, it's called Adult World, and it's a. It's weird. I thought it was going to be a drama, and it's not. It's a comedy. <laughs> um, okay. So Emma Roberts p- plays uh, Amy, um, and she lives in quite a small town, and she's just graduated from college, um, and she's determined that she's going to become a um, a poet. And it's always something she's always wanted to do. She's always wanted to be a poet. Um, and her hero is a, a poet called uh, Rat Billings, um, played by John Cusack, who actually weirdly lives around where she lives. Um, and she always sort of cites his work because 
he he was around the same age when he released his first published works and they were really well received and he was you know he was this poet who was casting um you know a light on 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 his own times uh, and so she essentially she her parents basically tell her that she's got to get a job because she spent all of her um all of the money that she had for, for going to college um on paid for poetry competitions that she keeps entering and never winning um and okay. so she's just essentially obsessed with becoming a poet so she kind of ends up going into a shop that she doesn't really know what it does called adult world uh, because she sees a help wanted sign and then finds out that it's actually a a, a sex shop um and the manager of the sex shop is evan peters uh he's not the owner he's the manager the owner of these these two very rarely seen eccentric old couple and then evan peters is like quite straight but he's just the the manager of the shop um so she ends up getting a job there but he's quite kind of scared of it and a little bit she constantly spends all the time doing this poetry stuff and then she runs into um that billings John Cusack's character and basically starts stalking him and tries to get him um, to be like her mentor and her to be his protege by basically offering to like do stuff for him and he was like saying I don't need anyone to he said I can spell check things like I have spell checker for that well I can I can proofread your, your, your poems and see if they're any good and he's like well no because I don't need somebody to do that. And she's like, right, well, I could, like, clean for you. And he goes, what, you'd like clean the house? And she's like, yeah. And he goes, well, that could work then. And just essentially uses, like, a maid, whilst also occasionally throwing a, a little pep talk. Um, this sounds shit. It, it, it does, but do you know what? It's actually, it, it's, it's 93 minutes long. If it was five minutes longer, it would be shit. Do you know what makes it? What makes it quite watchable? Emma Roberts is utterly charming in it. To the point of where she's doing some, like, fucking... She's fully on board with embracing how fucking tragically just... out there this character is. In terms of she has no idea how the world works. She has no idea how shitty she is as a poet. And... She's. It's almost like she's in a different movie. Like everybody else is in like a an almost virgin on like fucking what happened next to the basketball diaries, and everything's a bit dark and a bit shitty. And John Cusack's character essentially is virgin on being a fucking alcoholic, and he's just a pretentious prick. And Evan Peters is, you know, he's doing exactly the same as Emma Emma Roberts is doing, but she's just too fucking blind to see it. But then she's in like almost this fucking quirky comedy about this poet, <laughs> and then the two right. fucking worlds collide. I, it, it, it's frivolous and completely meaningless. But I actually had a really good time with it. How'd you watch it? Uh, I'm sure it was on Amazon Prime. Okay, all right, fair enough. But yeah, it's it, Emma Roberts is. Quite adorable, is what I'll say. It's it, it's it's a a fun performance from her. Okay. Cool. Uh, that's it for this week. What have you What have you been watching? 
not not quite sold on that one, if I'm honest. Sorry. Do you know what? Do you know what? Most people won't be. Okay. Right. It's one of those most most people. It is. It's quite insignificant, but there was enough there to get me. I'll never watch it again, okay. but I enjoyed it while I was watching it. Okay. Um. First off, um, a little thing about iTunes. They've got a 4K HDR section showing all the stuff that's in 4K. Apparently oh, right. HDR. There's a bunch of it that's not... Um, oh, actually, well... I don't know, actually. Yeah, all right. There's, there's, there's a bunch of it that isn't actually on physical 4K yet, which I think is really interesting. And, I mean, a shitload. Um, yeah, there is quite a lot in it. Um, Sherlock Holmes. The, both Sherlock Holmes films. They're not out in 4K physical yet. Um, our brand is Crisis. Uh, Me Before You, I believe. Um, our, uh, um, blah, 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 Keanu, which is three ninety nine at the moment. So three ninety nine for a 4K copy of Keanu. Um, Vacation, The Entourage Movie, Get Hard, Magic Mike XXL, Annabelle, The Conjuring, uh, Lights Out. Um, there's, yeah, I, I I hope this is added to, but this is a really promising start. Um, just in terms, it is of actually, like, yeah. I mean, in, in terms of the stuff that's already out on 4K physically, I mean, Alien Covenant, Logan, Ghost in the Shell, Kong Skull Island, Man, like three ninety nine. Fuck the man from Uncle's in four K. Shit. It's three ninety nine now. You could buy Kingsman and have it in four K. Yeah. The man from Uncle's in four K. Oh, rad. Oh fuck. I can't wait for Friday. I'm not oh, pissed off. I don't there's have a Dolby Vision TV. There's an all four K section. Fuck. There's some. Yeah. There's some. Well, I'm looking at it now going, there's about, there's at least 10 titles that I know straight away on mine would go on a Farker. I'm going to, I'm literally going to count right now how many of these I already have. I'm going to do it. Two ticks. Four, five. Six. Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. I got twelve. I got twelve 4K films. Like, and I didn't have them last week. I got seven, so I'm happy with seven. Yeah. And you know, th- th- there might be more that comes out by the time it it kicks in. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the thing is, I mean, like, frankly, as Alien Covenant, I'm probably going to pick up. I mean, it's a tenner, so I'll probably buy that. Logan, I don't have yet. It's a tenner. Ghost in the Shell, I'm buying that on Friday because I've been itching to watch Ghost in the Shell again. Kong Skull Island, I'll buy that at some point. You know, I'm, I mean, Batman vs. Superman, I've seen it four times. I'm obviously going to have to watch it again at some point. So, in 4K. You know, and you already watched you know, it in 4K? Yeah, like twice. <sighs> I am the problem. Yes, you are. 
Seriously <laughs> though, man, three three ninety nine for Keanu in four K. I mean, three ninety nine for Kingsman in four K. You know, but that's that's and, pretty fucking. And it's just the fact that there's low, but there's a lot of stuff in here that isn't on physical four K yet. Um, like I'm, I'm really, really impressed. I'm, like, I really am. I know I've been in the tank for this since uh, since the start, pretty much. But like, fucking hell, man! I'm like, it, it's a good load. They've just got to keep on keeping on, though. Uh, that that's the thing. Um, anyway, that's it. They, they they can't they can't let it kind of drop after this. I don't think they will, though. That's the thing because I don't think they will. I I I, I think it, I think it, I think they're gonna. It's, it's what they're gonna use to push their iTunes movies. Yeah. Yeah, that, that 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 that's it. I mean, it's a way for them to get some market share back, and they'll do it if they're fucking pricing as aggressively as they are. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, yeah, I've watched a number of things this week actually. Um, how much time do you have? Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, but, right. So I rewatched Kingsman, which I still really like. We're going to review it next week, but just because we're probably not going to actually do the show until midweek next week. Kingsman, the golden circle has been getting quite a bit of shit on the internet the last couple of days. I watched it today. I'm pretty sure Noel will probably join us next week. So I know he's up for this. Um, yeah. so I, I'm just going to say now it's not as good as the first one, but if you like the first one, I genuinely don't know how you won't get a kick out of this one. I like, I genuinely don't know. There's, I know there is a plot point about this, which is going to have people like banging the drum like they did with the anal sex thing at the end of the first one. I, I never quite got that. It, I it, never, was, I, I, it was exactly so throwaway. Was to say. It was exactly what I was about to say. It is so throwaway. And people saying that it's essentially a rape joke. No, it's she, not. She says I, it. She she offers. I mean, I know it's it's a very very random thing to say, and is the joke funny? Is definitely a question. Yeah, but but she offers that. It's it, it, that's it. I didn't think it was funny. I thought it was a little bit unnecessary and quite juvenile, to be honest. But it it's it's not something that should even fucking warrant. It's so throwaway. <laughs> so um, throwaway. I couldn't understand very, why people gave a shit. Very mild spoiler alert for Kingsman the Golden Circle. It's really mild. It's fine. She's still his girlfriend in this one. Oh, nice. I quite like that. So, so it's, you know, it, it, it's like she's she's actually quite a big part of the new one. Um is she, is, is she like the princess of Norway or something like that? Sweden, yeah. Sweden, that's it, yeah. Um, and, yeah, there's there's something that Eggsy has to do in the new one that he actually asks permission of her to do. And I think that his, the, gen, their, the, the fact that he's still with her and that is going to be overshadowed by the thing that he is doing. I'm going to leave it there. Um, yeah. But Kingsman, the golden circle, it's, it's, it, it's a good time. I'm sorry. Like for me, I had a blast with it. It's, it's not as good as the first one. It's not as tight. They expand out the world and I'm a lit, like it, 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 there's a bit too much going on. 
Um, Elton John's fucking amazing in it. I'm going to say that. Elton John, did you say? Yeah. Oh, wow. Nice. He's, like, he properly steals some scenes. Like, really hardcore steals some scenes. Just being Elton John. He's playing Elton John. Um... I think it's, um, I, I, I'm actually quite quite looking forward to seeing this in the sense that I liked the first one. Um, it, it's fun, and you know what? If I go into this and it's fun, fine. All I want is fucking hell, it's two hours twenty minutes. Uh, uh, that's worrying. Yeah. yeah, I mean to be fair, the first one was like two hours ten. Yeah, it was actually. All I'm round about. It, is if I get two hours of just fun. That's all I'm bothered about. Yeah, the um the the, the way they bring Colin Firth back is fucking lame. Um I'll say that. But it's a four out of five for me. We'll t- we'll talk about it next week, but I'll the thing is I'm gonna be like a, probably a solid week removed from it. So I kinda wanted to get my thoughts out there while they're fresh and then let you and Noel kind of like have, have the proper chat. I think Noel's seeing it today so oh, we'll, record, we'll, we'll, we'll probably record quite early on in the week I'll say All right, fair enough then yeah okay cool but yeah no um it's just like because this will be out before the weekend um i'm not exactly fuck the haters because i if you if you didn't get on the wavelength for the first one you won't get on the wavelength with this one but if you like the first and i've seen people like saying they like the first one and they they weren't into this one and i don't I don't fully see how I'd like someone to mm. actually explain that to me. So, you know, feel free to come at me at Ian Loring on Twitter. Anyway. <laughs> um, okay. So I also watched Porn Sacrifice, which was the Ed Zwick film that basically went on a shelf before it just like filmed before the new Jack, Re- the latest Jack Reacher. Um, it, it's got here 2014 on Letterboxd. Literally came out limited theatrical and Amazon Prime a couple months back. Yeah, um, it, it, it sat on the shelf for a while, didn't it? Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's kind of not hard to see why. I mean, it's not terrible, um, but I mean, so basically, it's uh, Bobby Fischer, uh, like a kind of a, essentially a biopic of Bobby Fischer, fo- focusing on when he was trying to be world champion. Um, and it's uh, Tobey Maguire playing him. Now, the, the, fi- the, the thing with this film is that basically, I don't know really anything about Bobby Fischer apart from the fact that he was a chess champion and he was difficult. So all throughout this film, I am thinking this guy's a prick. This guy is a fucking prick. And he's getting paranoid about Russians. And he's basically being horrible to everyone. And then literally in the closing titles, it talks about how he, he was suffering from mental illness. And it was like, mm. I did not get that from this film. I did not get that. I just got that he was paranoid and he was a dickhead. Which a lot of people have said the same thing. And yeah, I, it, it, it's like literally the closing titles were telling me I was supposed to be sympathetic towards him. And I wasn't. I wanted the fucking Russian to win. <laughs> the Ed Schreiber, right? He's really composed. He's calm. He's measured. He doesn't really like the fact that people are listening in on him, but he just accepts that. Fuck it, it's Russia, and he does his fucking job. <laughs> 
And in the end, in the end, when um, Bobby Fischer performs his great move on him, do you know what he does? He doesn't fucking like chuck the chessboard up and go off in a huff. He stands up, he offers his hand to shake, and he says, well done. Be more like the F. Schreiber. Yeah. Like Tommy Maguire. That's what this film told me. Be more Russian. Porn sacrifice. Good performances. Absolutely failed in, in, in what he was trying to say because it literally told me what it was trying to say in the, in the end titles and I disagreed with it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's porn sacrifice. Enough. It's on Amazon Prime. Uh, so, uh, okay, uh, I rewatched The Expendables Free for some reason. Um, I, it was on Netflix, and I just fancied it. That, <laughs> that, that long. That is a, that is a, a some reason. <laughs> yeah, that film's like two and a quarter hours long. It doesn't need long, to be yeah. two and a quarter quarter hours long. I mean, fucking hell. Um, I, I do enjoy it though. Uh, you know, the cast are all quite fun. I mean, the. The young ones, it's like, why even fucking bring them in? Let's just have the old guys doing one last yeah. mission or something. You know, come on. So you got like a 20 minute long recruiting scene with it of Stallone and Kelsey Grammer going around. It's like, oh, come on, fucking get rid of this. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. Um, okay, I watched The Jungle Bunch, uh, which unsurprisingly, I took Lottie to go see. Um, so, yeah. Um, there's, there's a penguin that's raised by a tiger, and so it paints itself as a tiger, who forms a jungle crime-fighting squad called the Jungle Bunch. And of course. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, 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 I think it was a French production, and the... The, the the vocal syncing with the English language track is fucking horrific. Um, <laughs> like they just don't look like they're saying these fucking words at any point at all. It's really, really like the translation job they did is really bad. Uh, it, it just like it's fucking really bad, really bad. Um, it's quite good looking though, um, and I laughed a couple of times. L- Lottie was into it, so you know, wasn't horrible. Yeah, got, got her out the house for a couple of hours. You know, it's not the worst thing I've taken. It wasn't the emoji movie, so you know. <laughs> um, There's a poster quote for you. Yeah, it's not the emoji it movie. Wasn't the emoji movie. Um, okay, so a few other things. Um, got round to uh, L. Paul Verhoeven's L, uh, which I watched on a Tuesday afternoon, which was a completely <laughs> inappropriate time to be watching L. Um, yeah, um, Isabel Huppert gives zero fucks. Um, her character is very, very damaged, very, very wounded, kind of almost sociopathic, and yet it, it, it it's quite a long film. It's it's quite a bit over two hours, and yeah, so you get to know her character, and by the end of it, you kind of understand in a way what she was doing, what, what some of her motivations were. Not others, I'll say. Um, but then again, if you had as damaged a childhood uh, and, and relationships with other people as her character did, then maybe you would understand what her character was doing in this film. 
I, I, I will leave it at that. It's a very, very complex piece, and Hooper is very, very fucking good, and she deserves the Oscar nomination she got. I, I, I said this to you yesterday. I genuinely believe there is not a A or B list American actress out there who would have done this role. But Isabel Hooper very, gives zero fucks. I'll be getting this very fucking quickly. I don't know. I haven't watched this anywhere yet because. I'm a big fan of Isabel Hooper. I think she's fantastic in pretty much anything like, she fucking does. Seriously, man, the the tone this film seems to strike between really, really, really uncomfortable shit and pitch black comedy. Hell of a thing. Hell of a thing. Um, but yeah, I, we'll, we'll talk more once you see it. Um, okay, I watched The Villainess. Um which is oh yes yeah so it's on vod now um limited theatrical uh uh, this week as well and it played fright fest um yeah one of my films of the year this this is fucking amazing oh straight straight up full five banger um the first act has got two of the best action sequences you'll ever you'll fucking ever see straight like i mean i i showed you a bit of one of them. Yeah, they look fucking um, great. Yeah. Um, and there's another involving involving motorcycles and swords, uh, which is fucking brilliant. Um, and it's all done in this kind of like one take looking stuff. And it's, I don't know, it's like when you watch um, like action films that were obviously filmed in like East, Eastern Europe where life is cheap. You know, it's, kind of, <laughs> it's kind of one of those kinds of things. Um so, uh, yeah, but I mean, the, the thing is, people I've been saying like, after the first act, it kind of slows down. And it does, because the first act is like just this fucking crazy action film. And then it slows down and it's kind of about the characters. But then the places it goes in the end are like a, a, a really, it, it becomes a combination of the first and second acts where there are these really, really great action sequences. But now they're informed with what you know. And it makes them more meaningful and I mean, just as visceral, but also kind of impactful on a more character level. And by the end of it, the last shot would seem to suggest that there could be a sequel. And I fucking, uh, uh, day one, like I would travel to see the sequel to this. I I like, and I, I'm a little bit, I want to leave it there because I don't want to be accused of hyperbole, but it, it like, and it might, it, it, actually looking at letterboxd it didn't work for everybody like it did for me but fuck man i'm i was all over this it was fucking fantastic so i'm I, you know and i'm just that's all i'm gonna say i'll let you watch it and then maybe we'll, we'll go into it a bit more but yeah cool I'll, I'll, I'll i'll try and get to it very soon cool and uh last thing for me i have uh, started my lff watching um so the the online screener library thing made available to um uh, people with press accreditation went live on Monday. Um, and first thing I checked out on there, uh, a German film called Life Guidance, uh, which also played Venice. So, you know, it's um, it, it's got a little bit of um, kind of festival play going on out there. So, right. Basically, it's set in this kind of slightly 
in the future from now, but slightly left of centre world, where um, essentially everything in the world is geared so that you are performing to your like your optimal standard. You are the, like being the very very best you that you can be in all aspects of life. Um, so like literally, the opening scene is the lead character and his wife watching their kid recite this school song about everything being optimal. It's like everything is awesome, but like really boring. Um, <laughs> and, and, but that's, that's kind of, that's the intent. That's not a criticism of the film. Um, yeah. But the lead character is happy with his lot. He's got a good job. He's got a really fucking nice house. He drives a really nice car and his wife and his kid love him. Uh, But he only makes kind of like throwaway gestures at at being better than what he is at the moment. For instance, there's this fucking great weird little scene early on where he's playing football with his kid and his kid's in goal and he's like taking the penalty and he's just fucking rinsing his kid. And it's like, it's like this small little way where he's like trying to pretend that he's still trying to be like the, the best he that he can be by fucking just kicking his kid's ass at taking penalties. Um, so yeah. And are you still there? Sorry. I am. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Sorry. My, my AirPods were just saying the low and battery, but, um, yeah. So yeah, it's just a really fucking weird thing. So, um, it, it it goes on it goes on from there and basically it's detected that he is basically being this that like he's not actually actively trying to be better um and this this company that's kind of affiliated with the government called life guidance get involved and they're trying to make him better and basically he starts becoming like paranoid about what they're actually doing and what their motives are and there's talk about if he essentially doesn't pass, he'll be sent to the Fortress of Sleep, uh, which is not a pillow fort, as uh, as, as Noel inquired um, yesterday <laughs> uh, in, a, in a WhatsApp chat we were having, which I thought was fantastic. Um, it's, it's, unfortunately, it's a lot more boring than a pillow fort, to be honest. But um, yeah. Um, and it kind of goes on from there. So it's this world where you're watching this like really like successful guy being hounded for not wanting to, to have more. But at the same time, like I, he, he's never really put in danger. The, the danger only comes when he kind of pushes things. And this, this company are obviously shady and there's some shady stuff going on, but it's also, it doesn't feel like in this world it's that bad. So it, it it kind of just I don't know. You just watch it and you're thinking, right, when's this actually gonna kick off? And it never does. And then it ends. <laughs> so um, it's just a bit of a it just kind of just one of those that just fizzles out a little bit or yeah yeah it does i mean like the mood of it is great and the the, the director ruth Mader, she fucking knows how to conjure some atmosphere 
but it, it just doesn't really it doesn't really ever come to the boil um and uh, yeah and by the end it was just like right well that's it was only an hour and 40 like i'm really really glad that wasn't two hours um his house was really nice and i liked his car I like the shirt he was wearing as well. This is the thing. I was spending my time thinking, like, that's a really nice shirt. And that tie's pretty sweet as well. And I was just kind of thinking, like, <laughs> do you know what? I wouldn't mind being in this world. That would be, you know, you're like, if I could have a fucking nice car and a nice house like that. And, you know, like, I just tried to need to, to want to do more. It's not like the, 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 the doing more. It's not like stabbing people in the back or anything like that. It's not like American Psycho. Yeah. Where it's, you know, it's it just, it's like better productivity. And it's like, okay, well, yeah, okay. If you do better with your productivity and stuff, then you'll get, I don't know, you'll get nicer things and you'll take care of your family. And it's like, it doesn't seem that bad. And but, yeah. like, it, 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 I mean, the, the, the fortress of sleep it's got some stuff going going on in there and like the hat slightly the haves and the have nots but at the same time it's also like well these are uh, you know I, I suppose these are people who wanted wanted nothing more and now that they're, they're being sent there and now they're automatically the have nots so maybe there's a comment there but I, I don't know man maybe it says something about me but it was like I don't, fuck I like that shirt <laughs> Fair enough. So yeah, life guidance. Um, three out of five. I didn't hate it. I like the look of it. I fucking like the guy's shirt and tie. I like his <laughs> car. I like his house. And I'll I, keep a lookout for that shirt and tie combo. Yeah, yeah, man. It's like shit. If I'm if I work a bit more efficiently at work and it means I can have that shirt and tie, then sure. What do you want me to do? <laughs> That's it for this week. <laughs> um, so, uh, have we got any other Twitter questions? I don't think we do. I think that was our, that was our one Twitter question, I think. That. Let me just double check to make sure, sure, sure. Uh, da, da, da. Yeah, that was, our one, our, our, that was our Twitter question for the week. Okay, very good. Um, so, we will be back next week with Kingsman the Golden Circle. Um, are you going to check out Borg McEnroe as well? <laughs> If I get a chance, I might do, yeah. I might try and see if I can do that. I'm quite interested by it. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, I'm, um, I'm, I'm up for that. So um, uh, it will be talked about. So uh, there's that. And, uh, yeah, I, 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 think that will, I think that will do it. I think that will do it. So thank you very much for listening, everyone. Uh, thank you very thank much. Thank you for your time. Um, and, yeah, anything else, Mark? No, um, Dude and Monkey slash, oh, sorry, Patreon slash Dude and the Monkey, uh, at Dude and the Monkey, at Ian Loring, at Dude Falls, Dude and Monkey.com, and all that shiznit. Uh, but no, it's very much a thank you very much for listening. We hope you enjoyed. Very good. Bye bye, guys.